Man, I got to tell you, if we were to really take the time to consider how valuable mothers are and the significant role that they play in our lives, the impact is overwhelming, really. Um, I actually had a time to compose myself because first service, and I've watched this a number of times. I edited it and all that, and it just kind of just... Uh, it, it just throws me for a loop every time, so I'm trying to keep my composure here. Um, you know, when I was a kid, um, I had this thing for, cart for old school cartoons. See if you remember any of them. Anybody remember Johnny Quest? The older ones remember. The younger ones are like, Johnny who? What? Talk, to, talk to me about Phineas and Ferb or something. Like, no, no, we're talking about Johnny Quest. Quest. How about Top Cat? Anybody remember Top Cat? Top Cat is old school. That's old school. How about Popeye? Yeah. Uh, Popeye the Sailor. All right, stop, guys. You, you, you're too into the service right now. Stop, stop. Right. How about Super Friends? Before it was Avengers and all that, other, it was Super Friends. When uh, Superman had that cheesy, he didn't even look muscular. Though. He just looked all square and boxy, right? Um, and then there was, uh, I mean, uh, the list could go on and on. But back then... I remember that any time I would hear the credits, you know, the opening theme song of any of these shows, I didn't care what I was doing. I think one time I dropped a plate and broke it and I blamed it on my sister or something. Um, but I would take off and run to the living room because we had one of those big dookie uh, televisions, you know, all ornate and wood, you know, and it had all the carving in and, all, and you know, you had the bunny ears for the, for the uh, antenna and all that. And I would run and I would jump on the sofa and, was, and I could hear something like, uh, uh, faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap buildings in a single bound. Look, it's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Superman. I thought somebody was going to say Spider-Man for a minute. <laughs> but, you know, when I think back to it, if, I'm, if I had known then and I had really taken into consideration the value of mom, I probably would have yelled mom next to Jesus. Moms are special. Moms are anointed by God to, to do things that no one can do, that no men can do, that nobody can physically endure, and yet they're able to do it. And so today, it's what's commonly referred to as Mother's Day, right? And while mothers deserve to be honored and recognized every day, I'd like to draw our attention to God's word. I want us to see what the Word of God has to say about mom. And I realize that maybe for some of us, we may have had some difficult times with mom. But I want you to see from God's Word today, my hope is that you see from God's Word, that God has placed in mothers something so special that if they understand who they are in Christ, and if we appreciate who they are as mothers that the most amazing things will come out and bear into our lives. Mothers are powerful. Mothers are, can we just give it up for mothers? Can we just, I mean, honestly, mothers are something else. I'll be honest with you. Growing up, I wasn't uh, keenly aware to the value of my mom. I can honestly say that there were times when my mother would say, you're going left. And I would say, no, I'm going right. Um, she would say, you know, I don't want you doing this. And I would say, oh, that's a reason to do that. 
um, I always, you know, there were times when I looked at my mom in a way that I didn't quite understand what she was trying to accomplish and I felt like she was just trying to ruin my teenhood years, right? Come on, everybody's doing it. Mom, let me do it. And at the heart of it, there was always love. Even, even when I didn't get it, it was love at work. And so there's something powerful about appreciating moms. You know, in the, in the, in the financial world, there's this term used uh, called appreciation. And appreciation happens when uh, resources begin to increase in value. And the more they appreciate, the more value they hold. It's like silver. Today it could be worth $1.50 an ounce. Not that it's worth that. It's worth much more than that. But then three days down the line, that value goes up $10. And guess what everybody does in the market? Oh, my God, buy silver. Because we appreciate the value of it. Because we understand that that value has increased. And we also understand that as that value increases, it also increases the value of our life. And so I want you to imagine for a moment. Let me pick somebody. Hey, Ricardo. Ricardo's a track runner. Come here, Ricardo. Get over here. I want you to, I, I, want, I, I want you to envision, right? Play, 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 ma play imagination. Let's imagine together. Come on over here. Everybody give it up for Ricardo. Brave teenager here. He's coming up here. Pick your head up, man. Ricardo, you run track, right? What if I told you, and we're supposing here, so don't take this for real. Don't come asking me for money afterwards. <laughs> but let's imagine that I've, I'm very wealthy, and I've got millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars, right? And you know that. And I say to you, Ricardo, I will give you a million dollars. Every time you run track, you put on this chicken suit, and you run, and you yell at the top of your lungs as you're jumping those hurdles and going through those relays, I'm a big yellow chicken. Would you do it for a million dollars? A million dollars, man. I mean, yeah. Right? You, you, yeah, right? You would, right? Yeah. Okay. So... Being that you said that, let's suppose that the million dollars that I'm giving you is this candy bar wrapped in a million dollar wrapper. Right? Would you do it? Yeah. For that candy, for the rest of the track season, you're running and shouting, I'm a big yellow chicken with a chicken suit on? Are we talking about candy? Or yeah, no, we're talking about this candy right here with that million dollar wrapper on it. No, okay. Let me, let me tell you why, uh, why, why, why Ricardo is such a smart young man. Because he understands that what we appreciate in value impacts our lives. You get that? Thank you, Ricardo. I appreciate that. Yes, you can keep that. You can have that. But you got to run one time, one lap. I'm a big yellow chicken. <laughs> uh, my point is simple here. Listen, how we respond and what we do is directly tied to the value that we attribute to something. And how we view our mothers and what we understand about their value is important because it will impact how we perceive them. It will also impact how we receive what they bring to our lives. And so mothers are very important. And so for the next couple of moments that I have here today, I want to talk to you about appreciating our mothers. Appreciating our mothers. Turning your Bibles with me to Luke chapter 2. We're going to look at verses 40 through 52, and we're going to look at Jesus' example with his mother, with his parents. And I see no better way to start than with Jesus, because Jesus is the greatest example. The Bible tells us that we should look unto Jesus, who's the author and finisher of our faith. And so if you want to do anything, if you want to respond in faith according to anything, you should be looking to the example of Christ. 
We should understand who he is and who we are in Christ. And so in Luke chapter 2, starting at verse 40, it says, And the child, referring to Jesus, grew and became strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. So let's pause right there. Let's go back to verse 40 real quick. Let's pause right there for a minute. What we see is this, that Jesus grew, right, from a child. Now, if you read this in context, you'll see that it's talking about from the point where Jesus was appointed, where he was circumcised, he's dedicated unto the Lord, right? And so it says that from that point, he grew and he became strong in spirit. He was filled with wisdom and the grace of God, the favor of God was upon him. But there's a difference there, and you're going to see what I'm talking about in a second. Let's go to verse 41. And so it says, his parents went to Jerusalem, and every year at the feast, uh, his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up to Jerusalem according to the custom of the feast. So what's happening? The, 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 the people of Israel yearly would celebrate and would commemorate the Passover, the time when God delivered them and passed over their households because of the blood of the land that was smeared upon their doorposts and slew their enemies, their oppressors, the Egyptians. So they commemorated that. So what's going on is that Jesus and his family all go to Jerusalem to celebrate the Passover, right? And so when they had finished the days... As they returned, the boy Jesus lingered behind in Jerusalem. Notice that the Bible says that he was a boy. He was young. And Joseph and his mother did not know it. So, but, but supposing him to have been in the company, they went a day's journey and sought him among their relatives and acquaintances. And so when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem seeking him. Watch what happens here. Now, so it was that after three days, they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the teachers, both listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. Now, watch what happens here. So when they saw him, they were amazed, and his mother said to him, Son, why have you done this to us? Look, your father and I have sought you anxiously. And he said to them, Why did you seek me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? It almost sounds like Jesus is being smart here. But he's not being smart at all. He's not being a smart mouth at all. He's simply declaring what he was doing. And the Bible says that his parents did not understand the statement which he spoke to them. And then he went down with them and he came to Nazareth, watch this, and was subject to them. Let me pause right there for a minute. That word subject there means that he obeyed them. It means that he came under their guidance. It means that he followed their leadership. And so while Jesus was about his father's business... Jesus also understood this. I must honor my mother and my father. And so it says that he was subject to them. But his mother kept all these things in her heart. Verse 52 is the kicker. And let me just pause right here and tell you why. Because usually when we think about Jesus, we equate Jesus strictly to his relationship to God the Father. But what we fail to realize is that Mary played an integral part in his life. She played an amazing part in his life. And so the Bible says, and Jesus increased in wisdom. That word increased there in the Greek, you know what it means? It means he was promoted. It means that he began to expand. 
it means that he began to enlarge in his ability. And so what the Bible is revealing us to us here is this, that when Jesus was a child, yes, the Spirit was upon him. The grace of God was upon him. The wisdom of God was upon him. But it wasn't until he grew and he became subject to his parents that then he increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and with men. Now, you might be saying, yeah, but what about Joseph? Absolutely, Joseph played a, a key part in this too. But we must remember that according to Jewish culture and the times in which Jesus came up, while the father was the head of the home, the mother was the teacher. The mother was the teacher. The mother was the one that pointed him back, reminded him of what he was learning. And today, we're going to dive into God's word together and explore how valuable our mothers are. Mothers, I hope you're listening because sometimes you don't value how much you bring to the table. Sometimes you forget who God has appointed you to be, what God has placed in you. Maybe you're not even aware of it. And so today, my hope is that as we dive into the word, that we will truly learn to appreciate mothers and that we will honor them according to the value that God has deposited in them. Amen? All right, Proverbs chapter 6, verses 20 and 22. Let's turn there real quick. Proverbs 6, verses 20 and 22. You can follow us on the screen if you like, if you don't have your Bible. Um, uh, Proverbs 6, verses 20 through 22 says, My son, keep your father's command. Listen, and do not forsake the law of your mother. Bind them continually upon your heart, Tie them around your neck. When you roam, they will lead you. When you sleep, they will keep you. And when you awake, they will speak with you. Notice that when referring to adhering to one's parents, God specifically tells us to, uh, to, to not set aside the law of our mother. That word law there in the Hebrew is the word Torah. It's what many of us will refer to as the Torah. Right, And what it's simply, it's equivalent to the commandments or the law of God. And one of the ways that this word is used in the Bible uh, to describe various aspects in the Old Testament, it describes a life-giving instruction. It also uh, refers to prophetic teaching. And so uh, if we really think about what the Bible is saying here, it's saying don't set aside the insight that your mother has. Don't set aside the life that her instruction brings to you. I remember when I was a kid, um, as I was sharing, you know, there, we had some rocky times with my mom at times. Uh, and it, was, it wasn't my mom. It was me. It was me. I was, I, my mother raised six kids by herself. Six. Five girls and one boy. And four older ones. And, man, she went through it with them. And then I, I came along and I topped them all. Um, and I don't say that proudly. I really don't. Um, my mother had to exert the maximum amount of patience um, and love and endurance. Uh, when everybody else gave up on me, my mother didn't. She didn't. When everybody else wrote me off, my mother wouldn't. Um, mother's amazing. But I remember growing up, I didn't always understand what my mother was trying to teach me. And I had a friend, uh, well, not necessarily a friend, but back then, you know, when you're a kid, everybody's your friend. 
right? Oh, that's my homie. That's my brother from another mother, whatever. And so there was this guy that I grew up with named Butchie. We called him Butchie. We were, we were rough kids, you know. Uh, we, would, we would be outside, and my mother would, I don't want you hanging with Butchie. And I'd be like, Mom, we're just playing stickball. We're playing Johnny Ryder Pony. Uh, we, we're uh, uh, shooting beat. Oh, no, I didn't tell her about the BBs. Um, <laughs> uh, we're jumping roofs. I wouldn't tell her that either. Uh, but in any event, my mother would always say, I don't want you around. And I'd say, why, Mom? He, he doesn't do anything. She goes, there's something about you hanging with those particular kids. I don't want you with them. And I would go, oh, Mom, please. And so one day, uh, we were in school, and uh, Butchie says to me, it was a Friday, I remember. He says, hey, my mom says that, uh, she said to ask you if you want to come with us to go to Great Adventures, right? Now, mind you, I grew up in Washington Heights. We didn't leave the block, right? 180th Street, we went all the way from uh, Audubon, all the way up to Pinehurst, and we st- if you went to 182nd, we had problems, Right? If you went two blocks down 178, we had problems with dudes in tall buildings. One time we went to the Bronx, and it was a problem. Right? And we straightened them out. <laughs> but anyway, um, so we didn't go anywhere. So here's a prime opportunity. Butchie says, listen, my mom says we got an extra ticket. One of our family members canceled. She was wondering if I wanted to bring a friend. I'm wondering if you want to come. I said, yes. I said, but I got to ask my mom. So I went home. My homework was done when she walked in, right? Right? I, 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 I think I maybe put some Epsom salt in the tub and all that. I, I buttered it up. Mom, please, mom, please. I don't want you. Mom, please. We're going to be with his mom. What's gonna, his mom's not going to do anything wrong. She's like, all right. Oh, by the way, mom, I need $20. También. You need $20 too? Yes, I got to buy some lunch. So she gives you $20. So the next day, Butchie and his, and his family, they come in a van, they pick me up, right, and we take off. We go to Great Adventures. I'm so excited. Never been to Great Adventures in my life, right? And so we get to Great Adventures, and he, it just got better. Butchie's mom says, all right, guys, you guys can go around the park all day. You don't have to be with us. Just go. But at this time, you've got to meet us at this gift shop right here. And so we said, okay, cool. We took off the whole day. We got on rides. We did whatever. We ate lunch. The time comes to leave. And we get, we, the last ride that we got on was right by that gift shop. Um, and so we decided, you know what, we'll just wait right here. So we were early. And we decided we were just going to walk in the gift shop, but we didn't have any money. Some of you look at me strange. I think you're starting to get the idea here. So we walk into this gift shop, right? And they've got all this kind of cool stuff. I mean, I've not, up until that point, I've never seen candy so big with swirls and, you know, all kinds of stuff. And they had all these balls with different colors and lights and flags and all. And so we're in there, and the, the gift shop is packed, right? So we're just walking around looking, observing merchandise. And before you know it, Butchie grabs a ball, and he puts it in his pocket, and I see it. And he looks at me, and he kind of just nods his head. And so I said, okay, so we just keep walking around. And I saw a bunch of candy that was loose. And so I grabbed some candy, and I put it in my pocket. And so we're there, and we're walking all around, and we got some stuff in our pockets. And we start walking towards the exit, and they've got these magnometers, right, these big dookie things on each side. And as we're walking, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, they're going to go off. They're going to go off. They're going to go off. And Butchie's like, we're good. We're good. We're good. We got this. And we walk by them, and guess what? They didn't go off. So we swore we were scot-free. 
So we step outside, and we happen to sit on one of those, you know, ledges where they had the plants and all that. And we're sitting there, and uh, we start, I start pulling out candy, and we're looking at all the stuff we got. And we're like, we got away with this, man. This is awesome. And then all of a sudden, these two big guys walk towards us. And they had some sort of uniform. And we decided they're not police, so they can't do nothing to us. So they come and say, where's your parents? I said, why are you asking? Right? And so we got real smart with them. And they said, we've got you guys on camera, guys. Let's go. So they grab us. They take us inside. They take us into the store, and they take us to a back room. And when we get to this back room, they put us in this room, and they start asking us, you know, what's your parents' name? And I'm like, my mother's not here. I'm not with my mother. I'm here by myself. And they're like, you're not here by yourself. I'm like, all right, I'm here with him. I'm here with his mother. And so they, they finally get uh, Butchie's mother out of us, and they, call, they start calling over the speaker. She comes, and lo and behold, they were talking about arresting us and all that other stuff. They made, a, they made her sign some paperwork. They said we could never go back to uh, Great Adventures. I went back years later, but they didn't recognize me. <laughs> but anyway, listen, don't leave here talking about, yo, that pastor's slick. That's not the point of the story. The point is this. My mother knew something without knowing all the details. And mothers are innately blessed with an intuition. They have insight that we don't. See, mothers are equipped with a level of intuition that leads and guides us in life. And, and you know, the thing about it is that uh, my mother is... In her, in her late 60s now, going into her 70s, and till this day, there's still wisdom there for me to draw from. I mean, she wants to tell me the whole story from back in 1953 when I was in, I'm like, Mom, please, we don't have to go that back. Fast forward to 2017. Just give me the goods, right? But she, you know, there's wisdom there. But that wisdom, that God-given ability to see what's coming and to steer us has to be tapped into. It has to be tapped into. And one of the ways that we do that, that we appreciate our parents, is by not setting aside the wisdom that they give us. God's graced them with that. Mothers, sometimes you might feel like, I don't know what I'm doing. It's okay. Seek God. He always knows. And he's placed it in you. Amen? I didn't see it then, but since gaining insight from God's word, I can honestly tell you that, and this is on tape now. She's going to hear it. You know, this is being recorded. She's going to hear it, and she's going to go, aha, you see? But she was right. She was absolutely right. I can't think of a time when my mother had it wrong. She knew what she was saying, but it was because she knew the God that had a plan for me. She wanted to steer and guide me. Right? Let's look at Proverbs 23, verses 22 through 25. Proverbs 23, 22 through 25. I'm going to read from the New Living Translation. It says this. Listen to your father who gave you life. And do not despise your mother when she is old. Get the truth and never sell it. Also get wisdom, discipline, and good judgment. The father of godly children has cause for joy. What a pleasure to have children who are wise. So give your father and mother joy. May she who gave you birth be happy. 
Mothers are like a reservoir. Think of it this way. There's always refreshment. There's always water to access. There's always something that's life-giving there. And everyone has access to the water. But only those that draw from that reservoir, only those that turn the faucet. The Bible puts it this way. It says, get wisdom and get discipline and get good judgment. You know what the Bible's saying there? It's saying possess it. It's saying take hold of it. And mothers are a reservoir. They contain wisdom and godly, and godly knowledge and good judgment and discipline. Some mothers don't know what they have. And the reason why they don't know what they have is because they don't know the one that gave it to them. See, the word is valuable, not just to us that honor mothers, but to mothers themselves. And so mothers, uh, while they possess all this, we must take the action to possess it, to get it. The Lord points us to where we're to seek it, but we cannot cast aside our mothers. We must honor them. You know, I look at my mother now. I talk to my mother. She lives in Florida, and some of you came in, and I said to you, today you are my surrogate mother. I'm going to just hug on you a little bit more. I'm going to love on you a little bit more just because I don't have my mama to hug on. I didn't even get a chance to talk to my mother yet because my sister stole the opportunity from me. She went and, listen, she went and picked my mother up at 7 o'clock in the morning. She's not getting up at that time. She went and get, made my mother get up, get dressed, picked her up, and took her to church. So I'm, I'm happy that she did that. And then she's sending me pictures during service of my mother. I'm like, what? stop stop doing that. You're torturing me here. My phone is buzzing. She's probably sending me more pictures now. But anyway, um, I love my mother. I, I, you know, I, There's so much there. But we got to look at them and appreciate what they possess. Isaiah 49, verse 15, again from the New Living Translation says, Never can a mother forget her nursing child. Can she feel no love for the child that she has born? But even, listen, if that were possible, hmm, I would not forget you. I love this scripture, and I wanted to share it with you today. You know why? Because when God speaks of his unending love, guess who he equates it to? Mothers. Notice that he says, even if it were possible for her to forget her love for you. In other words, here's what God's saying. Mothers are a sort uh, mothers love and remember their children. And we should remember that and we should really consider that. I'll tell you why. Because sometimes mothers act and say certain things and we might assume that they're coming from a bad place. But a mother's heartbeat and motivation, and mothers, you could bear witness to this, you that are here, your heart, your motivation for your children is always love. It's always love. You might not always do it right, right? But your, your motivation is love. That's your heartbeat. When God wanted to express the manner in which he wanted to bless and nurture and comfort his people Israel, he likened himself to the incredible nurturing, comforting ability that only a mother can bring. I imagine this this way. The Bible says that the word of God is inspired by God, that it, it carries his very breath, his life. 
And so I think of this scripture, and I envision God when he thought about his love and his care for his people, how he wanted to nurture them, even though they weren't seeing it, they weren't appreciating it, they weren't desiring it. And I, and I think, and I imagine God thinking, what can I liken my love, my care, my heart for my people, the nurture that I have, that, that I want to express to them. What can I liken it to? And God said, ah, a mother. A mother. Mothers are a source of nurture, and they are a source of comfort. You know, today we're going to leave, when we leave here, we're going to leave here, and uh, as you leave, you're going to go have a meal. Maybe you're going to pick up the phone. Maybe mom's not around. And you're just going to think about mom a little bit. Maybe you're thinking about mom now. Maybe you're thinking about a mom. You know, mothers have this innate ability, this strength that transcends the strength of any man. I could tell you the times when I thought I was being loving to my kids, when I thought I was saying something just right, I had my wife next to me who said, honey, there was a better way to say that. And I would go, what, what did I do wrong? <laughs> How did I drop the ball here? I was just, and, and, and with the most delicate, gentle touch, I've watched my wife express things to my kids in ways that they get it. And I'm like, hello, I, I, I was saying the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's what I said. I should be getting those brownie points. No, but you know what? In her nurturing, caring way, she's able to touch them, to touch me, to touch people in a way because mothers, women have that. It's natural. It's God-given. In Isaiah 66, 12 through 13, it says, this is what the Lord says. I will give Jerusalem a river of peace and prosperity. The wealth of the nations will flow to her. Her children will be nursed at her breasts, carried in her arms, and held on her lap. I will comfort you there in Jerusalem as a mother comforts her child. Moms can do that. Moms can do that. I'm thinking about my mom now, and you know, and maybe you're thinking about one too. I want you to just pause and consider for a moment all that God has deposited into mothers. Mothers, all that God has deposited into you. You know that video that we were watching in the beginning, that fake job interview where the guy goes, uh, yeah, it's 135 hours a week minimum, maybe more, um, th and there's no breaks, right? And he refers to the kid as the associate, right? <laughs> Fathers, I'm sure you can relate to this. When you felt like, you've, like you can't, isn't it interesting that she always can? She's always been able to. 
that's God-given. In Proverbs 31, verses 25 through 29, we read this. God speaking of the wise woman, equating wisdom to a woman who's also a mother. He says this, she is clothed with strength and dignity, and she laughs without fear of the future. Why? Because God has given her that insight and that ability. When she speaks, her words are wise. And she gives instructions with kindness. She carefully watches over everything in her household and suffers nothing from laziness. Her children stand and bless her. Her husband praises her. There are many virtuous and capable women in the world. But you surpass them all. Mothers are a source of strength. Mothers are a source of honor. Mothers can do the impossible because they've been, they've been created by a God that wants them to do the impossible and make it possible in the lives of their children. While fathers are strong physically and protectors and providers by nature, mothers wear strength like clothing. It adorns them, and they're able to surpass the ability of any man of anyone. Their strength gives them the ability to raise us. It gives, them, it gives them the ability to teach us. It gives them the ability to lead us. And it gives, us, it gives them the ability to love us even when we're most unlovable. And so today, I'd like to ask you that are here and that are present to stand with me. Let's stand. Because today I'd like to ask all mothers to stand with us and what we'd like to do is to join and to bless you I want you to do something that might be a little uncomfortable for some of you I want you to find a mother around you could be your mother could be another one grab her hand if, if, that's, if you're okay with that give her a hug love on her there's a mama right next to you. There you go. Yep, good. <laughs> Come here, mama. Yep, go ahead. Go with Rhonda. Go ahead. Everybody got a mama? All right, we got a mama. Bro, you better grab your mama. Yep. <laughs> Hug her, man. That's your mother. Take possession of that. <laughs> Praise God. And here's what we're going to do. We're going to pray a, pr a prayer of blessing over our mothers, over all mothers. Because they're valuable. Let me say something to all of us who are children of mothers, and that's every one of us, right? Whether your mother's in your life or not. Whether you're in that stage where you're still leaning on your mom, young people. Hey, check this out. You got a gem in your midst. But it's up to you to take a hold of that gem for that value to have any worth in your life. Love her, embrace her, encourage her, honor her, respect her. Even when it doesn't make sense to you, trust the God in her. Trust the word of God in her. Because God has anointed her and appointed her to be your mother. 
And so, Lord, today we come to you in the precious and mighty name of Jesus. Lord, first and foremost, we look to you and we thank you that in your wisdom, in your divine plan, you saw it fit to create a mother. That, Lord, this world would not be complete without mothers. And so, Father, this day, we agree with your word that you smile upon them. <laughs> that you make your face to shine upon them. And that your peace abounds in them and through them and towards them. This day, Father, we bless them. We thank you for them, Lord. We call them the head and not the tail, Lord. Above and not beneath, Lord. We thank you for their strength, for their wisdom, for their good judgment. We thank you for their love, for their comfort, for their nurture. And we thank you, oh God, that when you chose to express that to humanity, you chose to do it through a mother. We appreciate our mothers this day, Lord. And we appreciate you in your wisdom in creating them for us. Father, this day, we say,